Blessed beyond imagination. Sounds a bit over the top, don't you think? But God actually does bless us like this in an exceeding measure. We see this because that is what God actually does, and it is because of who he is. So today, two important questions. First, who is blessed of God? And second, why are they blessed of God? That's coming up next on Daily in Christ. Welcome once again to the Daily in Christ podcast. I'm Mark Van Oos. We are in the midst of an important series called Blessed Beyond Imagination. So glad that you could uh, join us. You know, before we continue looking at people in the Bible, as we've been doing, who were blessed of God, I thought it would be good to take a moment right here at the beginning to refocus our attention on the goodness of God. And here's why. It's easy for us to get distracted with being blessed of God and what it takes to be blessed of God and miss God completely. It is important to understand and remember that God blesses simply because he alone is good, infinitely and perfectly good. It's important to remember that God does not bless us because we are so good. You see, goodness comes from God alone. The psalmist understood this, and in Psalm 16, we read this, O my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. I want to underscore that last part. My goodness is nothing apart from you. In Isaiah chapter 63, verse 7, I will recount the steadfast love of the Lord, the praises of the Lord, according to all that the Lord has granted us, and the great goodness to the house of Israel that he has granted them according to his compassion, according to the abundance of his steadfast love. It's in Isaiah 63, verse 7. It's so important to frequently recall to mind the great goodness that God has shown to us. Why was the house of Israel shown this great goodness? Was it because they were so good? (laughs) No way. God granted them this great goodness because of his compassion. That's what it says there in that verse and the abundance of his steadfast love. And we've talked about that biblical concept. The Hebrew word for steadfast or covenant love is the Hebrew word chesed. That is God's steadfast love. And if you missed that, I encourage you to go back to parts six and seven in this series where we talked a lot about that. And then Jesus said this, and this is very striking, Um, In the presence of a self-righteous man, he said this in Mark 10, 18, that no one is good but one, and that is God. 
James 1.17 says that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. You see, all goodness comes from God alone. And the reason why God does good to you and me is, as it says in of God in Psalm 119, verse 68, you are good and do good. That's a very important principle. So I thought it was important for us to refocus our attention. Our attention must always be upon God himself and his goodness as we follow the footprints of the blessings of God, those footprints invariably lead to his wonderful, loving heart. It's so important for us to understand that. Now, we want to talk about prime examples of people blessed of God that we find in the Bible. In fact, these people are blessed of God even though they didn't deserve to be blessed. And I want to start off probably with Exhibit A in the Bible, and that is Abraham. Abraham, who became the father of a new nation, the Jews. Now, Abraham did not deserve any blessing. He didn't even deserve any attention from God. Why? Because he wasn't even a believer. It says in Joshua 24, verse 2, that he was the son of a man who served after God's. As a matter of fact, it's highly likely that Abraham himself, when God met him in Ur of Chaldees, was a moon worshiper. He wasn't even a worshiper of the true God. And yet, and we read about this in um, Genesis chapter 12, God appears to Abraham while he is still in Mesopotamia, in Ur of the Chaldees, in the household of a pagan worshiper. And then God himself unilaterally gives Abraham a sevenfold blessing. Now you can find this in Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. In fact, if you can, why don't you turn to Genesis chapter 12, and uh, we'll pick it up in verse 2. So God appears to Abraham, almighty God, his creator God. And this is what the Lord says to Abraham. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's in Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. So that's God coming to Abraham, not because of Abraham's goodness or godliness, but because of the goodness of God. And here he goes, unilaterally blessing Abraham, and not just Abraham, but the families of the earth. God meets Abraham while he is still a pagan in Mesopotamia. He calls him out of his country, out of his family, and his father's house. And God comes with promises and blessings. Now notice, there in Genesis chapter 12, it's a sevenfold blessing. God says, I will. You know, so often I think in the church today, we make a big deal about 
our will. Okay, Lord, I will obey you. I will do this. I will stop doing that. And it seems that too many messages are based upon our will. But the Bible is focused upon God and his will. And that's exactly what he did with Abraham. He says this, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will make you a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. I will make all the families of the earth blessed in you. That's the sevenfold blessing that God gave to a pagan named, well, at that time he was called Abram. Which begs the question, why in the world did God bless Abraham so richly? Well, the answer to that is found in the New Testament in Romans chapter 4, where we see God justifying the ungodly. So we're going to pick this up here. Flip your Bible over to Romans chapter 4, and we're going to begin in verse 1. What then shall we say that Abraham, our father, has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Now, there's so much that's in those verses, and we don't have enough time to really dig into it. But this idea of being justified, what that means is that we are brought into a right standing with God. Not because we are so just, but as it says in Romans chapter 3, verse 26, because Christ is the one who is just, and he is the justifier of those who have faith in him. Again, I want to underline Romans 4, 5 that says, but to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies, underline this next part, the ungodly. His faith is accounted for righteousness. Now, I want you to understand that over and over again in the life of Abraham, we see him being blessed. We see favor, the favor of God upon his life. In fact, favor with an Egyptian king, even though Abraham himself was fearful and foolish. The favor of God was with Abraham when God enabled him to defeat five armies simultaneously, five different kingdoms, five different kings, and he did it only with 300 men. That's in Genesis chapter 14. You see, in Bible times, as in many Eastern cultures today, here's an interesting fact. We see that the firstborn son is the one who is heir to the richest inheritance. Now, this is, we're kind of transferring and moving our thoughts from Abraham 
and God being blessed because even though he didn't deserve it, but because God is that good. We're, we're, we're moving to another observation that we see here where those who do not deserve the rich blessing are getting blessed anyway. And the point is that the firstborn son in those Bible times, and even in many Eastern cultures today, the firstborn son in a family is the one who is the heir to the richest inheritance. And so if you are a firstborn son in the family, and I am one of those in my family of birth, Uh, the firstborn son deserves to be blessed because they are the firstborn. However, we see a very interesting pattern in the Bible. In fact, we see something very odd. It seems that God repeatedly does not pick the firstborn who deserves to be blessed in the flesh, but he picks those who are less deserving. But we know that there is a firstborn son who is ultimately blessed, and we'll get to that later. And we are going to understand why God blesses some and not others, and why that's the case with this next example. First, we're going to talk about two sons right at the very beginning of the human race, Cain and Abel. Now, Cain was the firstborn, yet Abel, the secondborn, was blessed of the Lord. That's odd. Cain is supposed to get it because he's the firstborn. So why was Abel blessed of God? Well, over in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, we read that by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and though, and through it, he being dead still speaks. So why was Abel, the secondborn, who didn't deserve to be blessed, at least with the rich blessing of the firstborn, why was he blessed and Cain was not blessed? Well, it's because, and I've heard people say, well, it's because uh, Abel offered a blood sacrifice. And perhaps that's true, but the Bible itself is much more explicit about the reason why Abel was blessed over Cain. And it's, again, found in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. It is because Abel made his offering to God by faith, and Cain did not. Let me say that again. Abel was blessed of God simply because he made his offering to God by faith, and Cain did not. Again, that's found in Hebrews 11, 4. Now, what's the big deal of faith? You know, the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. That's stated in four hugely important places in the Bible. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Well, the reason why, and and I think about Hebrews 11.6, it says, For without faith, it is impossible to please him. For those who come to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So what's the big deal about faith? Why, for instance, did you know that in the New Testament, we find the language of faith, faith words like faith, hope, 
believe, trust. We find them a whopping 677 times throughout the New Testament. That's incredible. So why all this business about faith and the just shall live by faith? Why is faith so important to God to the point where without faith, it's impossible to please him? How many of you want to please God? (laughs) Say amen. I do. Well, uh, the reason is found in Romans chapter 4, verse 16. It says that it is of faith that it might be according to grace. Now, that is incredibly important. It is of faith that it might be according to grace. Underneath faith is the grace of God, which means that Abel made his offering according, when he offered by faith, that offering was according to grace, which is why he offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. You see, Cain's offering was made by his flesh, his human ability, and not by faith, which means that Cain's offering disregarded the grace of God. And I think of what it says in the scripture, not to receive the grace of God in vain. Very important. Now, I want to say again, Hebrews 11.6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Here's the reason. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You see how God-centered Hebrews 11.6 is? Those who come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Faith by its nature and the grace of God is God-centered. It honors God. It looks to God. It trusts God, not self. And that's the real biblical reason why God was pleased and showed favor to the son who didn't deserve to be blessed because of the pecking order of the family. He wasn't the firstborn. But it's the biblical reason why God was pleased with Abel and Cain's offering was not pleasing to God. And sad to say, Cain, instead of repenting of his own dead works, And turning to living by faith according to God's grace actually murdered his godly brother, Abel. Can you imagine that? Killed him in cold blood. And we see here a tragic pattern that is often repeated, not only in the Bible, but down the corridors of time, where the one who is blessed of God, because God is good, and they are living by faith according to the grace of God. That person is, sad to say, persecuted by those who live by the flesh. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 29, we read, But as he who was born according to the flesh, that's speaking of the flesh child Ishmael, who is, by the way, Abraham's firstborn, who is not blessed of God, Isaac was blessed. He was the child of promise. But as he who was born according to the flesh, Ishmael, then persecuted him who was born according to the spirit, Isaac, even so it is now. 
So this is a very important point that we have seen as we've seen Abraham's life blessed of God, a man who did not deserve to be blessed of God. He was a pagan moon worshiper from Ur of Chaldees. God meets him, unilaterally blesses him. Why? Not because Abraham was so good, but because God is that good. That's his grace. Abraham believed God, it says in Romans chapter 4, reflecting Genesis chapter 15, and it was credited to him for righteousness. Now, the next case of a uh, younger son being blessed, even though they don't deserve to be blessed because of the physical principle that the firstborn son is the one who receives the rich blessing. I already alluded to this already, and that is Isaac. And remember, we are looking at these many examples in the Bible where we see God giving the choice blessing that the firstborn son deserves to one of the younger sons. And to underscore the point that they, like we, did not deserve to be blessed, but yet they were blessed of God anyway, not because they were so good, but because of the goodness of God given to them, that's God's grace. We see that Isaac, again, was not the firstborn. Isaac did not deserve to be blessed because Ishmael, Abraham's firstborn by Hagar, deserved the blessing, not Isaac. Ishmael was the firstborn of Abraham and was Isaac's half-brother. He was born to a slave woman, Hagar and had none of the blessings that Isaac enjoyed. He had some blessings, a limited blessing, being the son of Abraham, the blessed one, but Isaac is the one who is loaded with the blessings. He had the choice blessing that normally goes to the firstborn son, even though Isaac was not Abraham's firstborn son. Isaac didn't deserve such a blessing, so why was he so blessed. It was because of the grace of God. Isaac was the supernatural child of promise. He was born of the Spirit supernaturally and not according to the flesh, Galatians 4.29. He was born of the promise of God, Genesis 17.16 and Galatians 4.28. And he was blessed Isaac was blessed abundantly, a hundredfold, even during severe famine, Genesis 26, 12 to 24. So that's the compelling case of Isaac, not the firstborn, certainly not someone who deserved to be blessed and yet blessed. Now here's the son of Isaac. Well, one of his sons, Jacob, whom God called later Israel, from which the nation of Israel would come. Again, Jacob was not the firstborn, and yet he received the firstborn blessing that should have gone to who was Jacob's firstborn son, firstborn, uh, who was firstborn in his family? Esau. Esau deserved the blessing by birthright. Jacob did not deserve to be blessed. However, the Bible tells us, and this is very important, Esau despised his birthright. That's found in Genesis 25, 34. 
And in Hebrews 12, 17, it says that Esau actually rejected his firstborn birthright, though he was later blessed by Isaac. Now, this is serious stuff. Cain, earlier we observed, did not turn in faith to the grace of God. Instead, he murdered his brother. And Esau despised his birthright, and so he gave it up, as it says in the King James, for a mess of pottage, for a bowl of stew. And God blessed Jacob. In fact, he gave him the name Israel, which means prince with God. It was at that time when Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord. Genesis 32, 28 says, and he said, this is in the King James Version. This is God speaking to, um, to Jacob, the angel of the Lord. And he says this, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, which is uh, the Hebrews, which means he grasps, but Israel, Israel, for as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. That's in Genesis 32, 28, King James Version. Now notice it says in verse 26, I well, actually a couple of verses earlier in this situation where Jacob, who became Israel, wrestled with the angel of the Lord. And in verse 26, it says, Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Unless you bless me. There was something in the understanding of Jacob who became Israel that knew deep down in his DNA that God is a blessing God. And that's why he would not let go of God until he blessed him. Jacob understood that the blessing of God is all of God's grace by faith. And he wouldn't let go of God until he received the blessing of God according to God's grace. Oh, this is so massively important to understand. Dear friend, God doesn't bless Abraham or Abel or Jacob or you or me because of how good we are, but because of how good he is. When we believe in his goodness, in his grace, that's when we see the blessing manifest. What we're going to wrap up today, uh, remember at this point in our series, we're looking at people in the Bible who do not deserve to be richly blessed with the blessing of the firstborn and yet are richly blessed by God. We'll continue with the case of Joseph in our next episode. Let's take some time right now and turn to the Lord, our hearts full of his word and the truth of his goodness and grace and his blessing. O Father, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Father, I thank you that you are a good God. You are God of all grace, a God of all blessing. And Lord, we honor you. Continue to take what we have been learning from your word today.
and by the Holy Spirit continue to turn the light on, bring the illumination, bring the understanding about your heart, who you are, Lord, as the blessing God that you actually are. And we give you praise for that and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. And remember, listening friend, that the Daily in Christ ministry is founded on a website at dailyinchrist.org. There you'll find all of our recordings uh, that are kept there and uh, different series, including this particular series, which is ongoing, Blessed Beyond Imagination. That's at dailyinchrist.org, dailyinchrist.org. There's also a presence on Facebook. Uh, Just look up Daily in Christ, and uh, you will find that. Uh, That's on Facebook. Uh, But we encourage you to, to first and foremost, go to our website. That's where all of our content is. And don't forget that these podcasts are available through the Apple iTunes Store, also through Google Play, and many other podcast platforms as well. We have information about how to... Find the podcast and download it to your mobile device. Again, that's at dailyinchrist.org. My name is Mark Van Oos. It is a great pleasure being able to be here with you. Always remember, dear friend, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. Mm-hmm.